0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian
1: Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's
2: up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight.
1: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
0: Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I Amazing. Radio.
2: Welcome to It's m Amazing Radio. I am your host, Doctor Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. So. Also with me, Kid Presentable. Hello, hello. Also joining us this week, Lavender Gooms. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good evening, Bobby. I honestly, by the way, I had an epiphany earlier today where I'm just like, wh- "When do we just abandon the names? Because they don't just they don't get referred to at any point after the introduction."
3: Well, one of us had the Thor thought to think like. I'll just put my name in there. <laughs> There's no confusion then <laughs> when we go from DJ Mark to Mark. That's fair. That's a fair. no.
0: I like I like the names. I like that uh, that that flow we have that we refer to ourselves by the nicknames only once in the first two minutes, and then we go back to our government names
2: after that. Mike, I, do, I, me, nice. Mike do me a favor. To put point your mic more more towards yourself. You're getting a little echoey there. Um, and you know um, I like that tradition of us not knowing how to do this after 300 some odd episodes. I mean, us, you, defense, how you want to, you know. Yeah, royal we, Bob. The Royal Week. Um
1: see, I take the name thing as this is a personal choice. You can keep calling me Kid Presento. You choose to stop. I'm not telling you that you need to go by one or the other. Okay. Do but it, you not
3: call it Do what
2: do what feels good. I mean, we've been friends for over twenty years. Dr. Law. Yeah, I was do gonna say we've been friends like for Law. over twenty years. Yeah, now you're getting into it. I was a kid <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you're Steph. I'm Bob. That's just the way it is. Um All right, boys and girls we are gonna talk a little about uh, Derek Lewis uh, having to poo um after he knocked out uh Alexei Yalenik. Um talk about Weidman really eking one out there and really being having an honest discussion with himself about that performance, quite frankly. Um gonna talk real briefly about a pretty nice spinning backfist knockout. Uh we're gonna preview UFC two fifty-two. Um then um Stefan's gonna shit on the end of Umbrella Academy. We might join him. I don't know where Mike and Mark are with this. I'll probably the end, the middle, a lot of the beginning. Okay. I didn't really like that season. So we're going to see if the In-N-Out burger Stefan's eating while we're recording improves his mood in the next 45 minutes or so. Oh, it is delicious. Uh, In-N-Out is delicious. Man, I tried to you, go.
1: You Shake Shack motherfuckers. You know how much of your combo costs? $15. You know how much this In-N-Out combo costs? Seven. Checkmate. Yeah. it is. That is unfortunate. In
2: fairness to Shake Shack, when you got to pay for the beef they're using, that shit adds up. Not I that like Shake Shack. I wish they had some out here. I gladly go to both places. It's really good. So is in and out. We're living in great bur- Smash Burger times, guys. Um, all right, Derek Lewis, Alexei Elenik. Mike. I'm gonna go to you because you and I were watching this, just getting annoyed with Derek Lewis because <laughs> it looked like Derek Lewis had this pretty much every second where they're standing, and then at one point Derek Lewis threw Alexei into the onto the ground. That was pretty cool. But then when he followed him down there, Mike, that's when you were just like, you were just yelling at the TV, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, anyone with half a brain, even if you didn't know that, let's say, Lenik, you know, was a really good jujitsu guy with a hell of a choke. (sighs) I mean, us knowing in, Derek especially knew this. His fucking nickname is the boa constrictor. That should give you some inclination as to where he likes to fight. And Derek is dangerous on the feet. And whenever he was on the feet, he was doing great. And he willingly went into, you know, Olenek's guard and went to the ground. And there were a lot of times during the fight when, you know, when Derek had control where I just said, yo, if this gets reversed, he's fucked. And he got lucky on many occasions in that first round and even in that second round. And frankly, you said it during the fight. He has absolutely zero fight IQ because anyone with a brain when Derek had the opportunities to get up, considering he had the advantage on the feet, he should have just gotten the fuck up. And frankly, I think he got lucky. He got lucky in that fight that he was able to get the knockdown and then the ground and pound. Because knowing knowing Derek Lewis, he probably would have kept going, taking that fight to the ground if it was up to him, and he was gonna get choked. He won by luck. I'm
2: sorry, uh, Steph. You got if you had that a uh, 10 minute pride first round. Derek Lewis would have had a problem there, just laying in that scarf choke for a minute and a half. Huh? Oh. <laughs> oh, that what it's called? I was wondering what that choke was called. It was like an
1: inverted bulldog well, choke. Well, Mark, but, um, Mark told me what it was called. I'm
2: not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, that fight went exactly how I thought it was gonna go. You know, right? It's like you know, Olenek. He's gonna need to withstand some shots because he's definitely gonna get hit by him. Um, the only thing was he didn't—he wasn't able to complete that choke, right? But uh, Derek did say he was pretty damn close at the end. Um, I will say to Derek, hats off to him and his uh, regiment. He looked good, like physically. That's like the thinnest and most svelte that man has ever looked. And his whole post-fight was about how he wants to lose another fifteen to twenty. And it's like, man's thirty-five, this deep into his run, and now he wants to take it seriously. Well, but, I mean, that's like, when you hit
2: your heavyweight prime in MMA, right? You
1: get to that late. I mean, 30s. not right. The late thirties. <laughs> You're one or two fights away, possibly no fights away because potentially the champion on next week's card might immediately retire and that belt is just vacant. Yeah. You know, he, Derek Lewis will always be close. Um, so, you know what? Did he take his chances on the ground? Yeah. But he also survived. Um, you know, so props in that regard because that's a very dangerous man. He He survived being in a choke by a very dangerous man. So. Great performance by him, as questionable as it was. But that's kind of the nature of Derek Lewis's fights. He's not a total fighter. He's always going to be in fifty-fifty scenarios. But as he ended that fight, his power will always be something to reckon
2: with, even if he's cutting weight. So it's still there. Yep. Um, Marcus, you got anything to say about the Derek Lewis performance here before we talk about Weidman?
3: I mean, yeah, I think you guys hit the, the major points I wanted to, to get on, but I, I, I somewhat of a different spin. You know, I was impressed um that he was the strong i mean not even like the stronger guy in the clinch just technically better than him in the clinch in that beginning so that's that's the spot where i thought uh Olenik would would be strong Derek proved to be stronger i was surprised that he took him down not not just from a tactical standpoint but like an ability standpoint um to take you know a grappler of the caliber of Olenik down also you know maybe olenic was was not going to fight that too too hard knowing that you know if he could get a reversal and get on top he'd be in a really good position um but Mostly my big takeaway was what Steph said. You know, the conditioning of Derek Lewis, I think, paid off tremendously. Um, and, and you can see it at how the fight ended. He came in that second round after a grueling first round. I mean, like you mentioned, the scarf choke is a suffocating, strangled choke. And I think one, I think it took a lot of out of Derek because it is, it is something that is strenuous on the back of your head and on your breathing. Um, but also Olenek spent a lot of energy in that position, really putting the squeeze on Lewis to try to get the sub. And you know, I think that ultimately, you know, depleted his gas tank a little bit. But you know, coming to the second round, Derek Lewis was very fresh. I mean, case in point, he he throws a, a, a throws a giant flying knee, and then the ending sequence was basically Olenek tried to counter that knee with an overhand right, which was poorly timed and aimed. It threw him off balance. It gave Lewis an opportunity when he landed off that flying knee to. You know, Olenek was open. He took that shot, you know, grounded him, finished the fight there. So, yeah, I, I'm mostly my biggest... I was surprised Derek Lewis performed well in a couple of these positions where I thought he'd be weaker. And like Steph alluded to, I think the the training regiment showed in spades in this fight. And I think that's how he got the finish because I think in... in If this was his last fight, he would have been so much more gassed coming into the second round. He wouldn't have that explosive power um, to to throw the uh, the flying knee, which ultimately led to the big punch that got the knockout. So yeah, I was really impressed with Derek Lewis, and if he takes this his next fight as seriously as this, you know, I'll have to kind of reevaluate him as a fighter and what he's uh, potentially capable of because this fight, you know, showed a lot of improvement.
0: I I did like how dedicated and motivated he was. After the fight, when he said, "I'm not taking another fight until I lose about 15, 20 pounds,"
2: um, yeah, but he had the poo, Mike. That could have just been, you know, 20 minutes. He would have been down 15, 20 pounds. We don't know what Derek Lewis, you know, ate. Earlier sure, <laughs> sure.
0: But in, in the off chance he wasn't taking a massive Lincoln log, you know, I I, I liked hearing that from uh, from Derek. O- outside of his, I got to take a shit that I think he didn't realize he was on a hot mic. Um, he seems. Serious about this, and he's always been a big dude, so it'll be interesting to see what he comes in at and how he looks. I enjoyed
2: uh, when Felder said you've you're like it's two straight or three straight, and it was like, or he said like two straight, and Derek's like it's been three straight, and then Paul's like, I, I don't want to make you mad, I, I know you can see me out of the corner of your eye over there. That was that was nice, I enjoyed that. Um, nice win for Derek Lewis, who was number four. So, I mean, without looking, I'm gonna assume ahead of him, DC and Ganu. Maybe Blades? That'd be my guess. I like that. Um, him and Blades would be an interesting fight. I don't know if it's happened before. Um, but I'd be interested to see. I don't think they fought before.
3: And, that, and I agree, Bob. That would be an interesting fight. Just to see uh, if, you fight. know,
2: Derek Curse Blades' style of trying to grind you to a halt works on uh, Derek Lewis, who sometimes just decides to get up. He just gets up sometimes. Derek Lewis is like, all right, I I've caught my breath. I'm going to get up now. Um, so we'll see. Um Chris Weidman, Omari, Ahmedov. We The fight itself, uh, Weidman won the first round, lost the second, won the third. He came out of it, I think, honestly. I a lot of times, I think Weidman doesn't have, a, when you hear him talk after his fights, he doesn't seem to have a realistic analysis of what happened. And this one, when I heard him talk, it actually made me think, okay, this guy knows exactly where he's at, where he's like, he's like, I just needed to win. Which was very much the situation because we were all just uh, deciding we're going to just like this fight could be it. Like he might be done, done. And as ugly as it was, Steph, after the second round, I thought he was going to lose for sure. Him coming back, pulling off the third gave me something saying, all right, man, the guy's still a former champion. He's still like he can dig deep if he needs to. As ugly as it was. What'd you think? Yeah, no, it was definitely something, and it
1: and was a bit surprising because the second round, it looked like the tables completely turned mm-hmm. uh, because uh, Akhmadov, or how do you say it? Om, Omari, Omari Akhmadov. He, he kind of came in at the start of the second round. He came down, and he just bullied Weidman. Yep. It looked like he was pissed off for what happened in round one, but then third round, Weidman's wrestling, you know, wrestling was really the tail of the tape. I think it's funny that you say um, he was a bit more realistic because he said that he just needed to win, But then he immediately said, okay, top guys, I'm back. Let's do this top five. And I'm like, whoa, like you were just trying to like stick, keep your career alive at this point. Um, Yeah, we we were really down and, you know, hats off for him for winning a tough fight. But the guy he was going against was kind of just a grinder type, not any type of stand up prowess or anything, not any type of finishing prowess with the grappling. Um, So that he just, you know, I said, if he got finished by this guy, he's done. That's absolutely it. No questions. But to eke out a victory, I mean, you can keep going, but I'm still not going to pick him in his next fight. It's I, I just don't have high prospects for his career at this stage.
2: Well, I mean, Luke Rockhold just said uh, he's coming out of retirement, so if they give us Luke Rockhold and Chris Weidman, you might be picking Chris Weidman. Let's be realistic here. Um, I, I believe uh, Luke Rockhold. I mean, he's he's glass Joe, but he's the man who broke Weidman. So, um. yeah, Weidman's had some fights, man. We're like. There's been some wars in there, uh, right, Mike? I mean, him and Machida went five hard. Um, he had that fight where he like lost thirty pounds in two days to fight like I think it was Damian Maya. Um, he got the sh- the Rock hold one was just like a four minute four minutes of him getting pummeled at the end. So you look at his number of fights, it doesn't seem like a ton, but this man's been through some wars and it's kind of you know it's taking a toll. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, after after a while, you just don't have it as an athlete particularly when you're someone that was as good as Chris Weidman was, one of the best. Um, you know, when you've been through as much as he's he's been, as it, it it takes its toll. And, you know, as someone who's also in his mid-30s and went for a run earlier today and my calves are killing me, where five years ago that wouldn't have been the case, hey, man, this just starts to add up. Turning old
2: sucks. Unless you're heavyweight. And then you just be in your prime right now. Um, Marcus... What I want to come with you come to you with is not Weidman it's my guy Benil Darush hitting that sweet sweet spinning back fist did you catch that because Mike was talking all sorts of shit about my people all right he's like, do Iranian people have any power in their hands? they do what it's spinning all right <laughs> did you catch that? Uh- I did not, Bob. God damn it.
3: <laughs> I, I told you earlier really today, I only watched watch the, the stuff we bet on, so I don't know why you, you queued me up for that one for big,
2: well, big it, old swing
3: and a miss.
2: It provided some entertainment, but uh, you got to remind us sometimes, man. Benil Dariush, uh, he's pretty good. It's a he top has to power big, in his
3: hand. Yeah. Usually,
2: I I don't really see him as much of a spinning
3: practitioner, but yeah, it, it worked in this case, so
2: hats off. Yeah, shout out to him for um when he, um, he missed weight. And he told uh, Mike caught it. What did he say? Um, if Because he, he wasn't he wouldn't qualify for a bonus.
0: Yeah, so in his post-fight, um, he talked about that since he missed weight and he couldn't qualify for a bonus. I mean, I mean a little full of himself, I would say. But he assumed that he likely should have gotten one of the performance of the night bonuses. And because he missed weight, he campaigned for his opponent to get it instead.
2: So I don't know. That would have been nice. It doesn't look like that happened. Um, Kevin Holland is real big, Mike. I just want to point that out because we were watching, and Kevin Holland is huge. And uh, Is he big or just very tall? I mean, he looked massive to me. His opponent was also
1: very small. like yeah. He was like a tiny tank type guy. Um, so it was kind of the juxtaposition of those two kind of magnified it in both directions.
2: Yeah, he's 18 and 5, he's pretty young still, 27. Um, Travis Luter, BJJ. Travis Luter meaning something to some of us who watch MMA for a very long time. Man with maybe the worst weight cut. This side of James Irvin, I'm going to go with? Probably? That's up, that's up. all, All I will
0: say about Kevin Holland is that his fighting style is like water. It just flows through the body and, you know, it's just... A thing of beauty to watch, right? After you watch him, you feel so much lighter.
2: I'm missing. Oh, Holland River. Or Holland. Is that what I'm getting with? It's a tra- Travis Booter joke. Oh, okay. Never mind. Come on. Um, Come on.
0: Stay, stay with me, Bobby. I,
2: I'm trying. Um, so that was it. UFC Fight Night, Lewis versus Olenek. Uh Big win for Yana Kunitskaya in there, too. Um, just putting that out there. But... Um, Good card
0: overall.
2: Yeah, I like I like when they end sooner rather than later. Um, <laughs> Don't I know it? Um, couple fight uh, fi- uh, fight announcements this week. It sounds like there. I mean, they say they were getting close every time, but sounds like Woodley and Covington are going to fight finally. Sounds like it's going to be the main event of a fight night, and it sounds like it's about two years too late. And uh, most of us who are not racist. Are going to be pretty disappointed with the result. I feel, um, because I think Steph, we all kind of recognize that T Wood has kind of just got old real quick, man. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I've been pitching you guys this show called The Titan Games. Um, and
1: Tyrone Woodley was one of the chosen Titans by The Rock. Man, he gets he gets absolutely crushed and annihilated annihilated by the Southern Country Potato Boy from North Carolina. Like, oh, and then they even bring Woodley back for another shot at it. He gets crushed again. Uh, it's gonna, it's not a good time Steve. to be a-
3: I haven't watched any of that show, but I did just see the clip where that
2: white boy beat up. And I was like, ah, I think I kind of got
3: all the show out of Oh, the I wanted
2: to ask there. about this. Uh, Titan Games. Stefan, you watch it. Um, I love it. It's fun. Did you see the one? Because I saw that she's going to wrestle. Uh, Dasha from AEW, the backstage announcer, was on Titan Games, apparently. Did you catch her? Her name was Dasha current i think
1: oh yeah i saw her on it uh she was actually surprisingly really really good um and competitive she couldn't defeat the titan of her region mm. but yeah she was a she had a background she was a wwe performer yeah. but she got a career ending injury so she got like an announcing gig with uh aw now but yeah she was there she competed she did really really well um but the titan in her region might win
2: it for the women so um it's a fun show i love these type of physical game shows shout out to the rock by the way new owner of the xfl those of us uh, rooting for that New York team, we're, we're, we're going to ride again. Maybe without McGloin. Just saying. We don't need McGloin a QB. That's all I'm getting at.
0: Yo, he, got, he bought it for 15 mil. It feels like that's a bargain.
2: I'm just saying Vince sold $100 million of stock to start this thing. There's a lot, there's a lot of lawsuits going on right now with the WWE. <laughs> None of them sound good. Um, also, um, Neil Magney was going to take on Jeff Neal. And what was going to be a pretty fun scrap, uh, Jeff? The ne-
1: ultimate Neil.
2: Yeah, Jeff Neal got hurt. Now he's fighting Robbie Lawler. So uh, if I'm Neil Magny fighting a guy who's throwing heat in the first round, where I'm a slow starter, Mark, that sounds like it might. Uh, I mean, Neil Magney's going to have to maybe change his normal habits, huh? Yeah, um, but you know, I think
3: he has a good well-rounded skill set. You know, as long as he survives the first, he has a shot there.
2: Yeah, if it's a five rounder especially, Neil can drag it out a little bit. It'd be uh it'd behoove him to do so. Um I think that's all uh, I saw that was going on in terms of fight announcements. Um Hold on.
3: Can we can we can we talk about the one thing you've been skipping every week and now it's become oh, irrelevant because it's got pushed back? It got pushed back, back. We
2: yeah. Well, go ahead, Mark. You want to talk about uh our boy Mike well, Tyson?
3: For the last couple of weeks, and I, I guess I only want to talk about because there's one only one thing about the fight I want to talk about, but you know, they did book Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson in an exhibition match, you know, that got a lot of headlines. And the only thing I really wanted to say about it is kind of the roller coaster of emotions. Um, maybe that's a bit much to say. Uh, uh, for me, watching Tyson get back into boxing and training again, because I was really happy to see him. And probably what was that guy's name? Rafael Cordero. Rafael uh, Cordero
2: from King's Row, yeah.
3: Who started training him, and I was I was really happy to see him hitting the pads again. Because for me, it just seemed like boxing and this activity was such an important part of this guy's life and once that kind of you know obviously his career kind of ended but he also stopped stopped training and I feel like him getting that passion again was it was really cool to see just like him hitting the pads again to be like okay like this is a big part of your life and even though you're not an active competition you can still work out you know and it, it mentally and physically keeps you sharp and I was just really happy to see him kind of get back in there I was extremely disappointed to see that he wanted to fight again and that they booked this fight because I don't need to see Tyson at, how old is he, Bob? Do you have any idea? Like forty five five? Jesus fucking Christ. Wait, he's fifty five wait, really? I completely guessed. Okay. You know, you. Like, God damn like I bought that full line and sinker, but I it's somewhere around there. And I just don't need to I just don't need to see him take any more punishment. You know, Roy Jones Jr. It's a little bit easier to chew because he was fighting like two years ago like he hasn't been out of competition for that long but it's just like i don't need to see either of these guys compete and i know it's an exhibition match but like i don't think (laughs) look at i don't haven't seen a lot of boxing exhibition matches but the last exhibition match i saw which i also thought was uh, fake was floyd oh when he killed him (laughs) he killed him and (laughs) even in that fight when okay i I honestly i honestly think that was kind of a work but like after he knocked him down twice, I was like, "Okay, dude, if this is a real fight, pull back a little bit. You're demolishing this
2: kid." I, I didn't, think, I didn't think it car. was a work. The kid was crying, man. I don't know if it was a work, but well, when I watch it, Bob, his first knockdown,
3: he he acts like his he's got he's got the he's got the fish legs. Like he's like, "Oh, I'm losing my," and the rest of the fight, he's fine. So I'm like, "What is?" It was very fishy, but that's the only exhibition fight I've seen in a long time, and it doesn't look like those two guys held for- back. So I don't think Mike Tyson's going to be holding back either, so. I don't know. I think there's a probability for something catastrophic to
2: happen, or just well, you know. Um, I don't need to. Let me, let me put it like this. How old is he, Bobby? Fifty-four. He turned fifty-four. He turn Fifty-five. This year? He turned fifty-four six weeks ago. Oh, you're close, <laughs> Mike. So, close. Um, uh, so Ben Folk said something. It says something when it's a bunch of old guys fighting that I've applied to pro wrestling, and I'm now going to apply back to boxing. It's he says everybody gets to do their stuff, and hopefully nobody gets hurt. And that's how I apply when I watch all these old dudes wrestling. And Stefan, you know, anytime they go to Saudi Arabia is where I'm mostly bringing this up. But in this case, I'm just hoping Mike and Roy, everybody gets to do their stuff. Then nobody gets hurt. That's that's all I'm going for at this point.
1: You think that, man. But these are two guys with a lot of pride. Someone wants to look good because they both look bad. Be- like Roy got knocked out in his last fight, I believe. So he's not going to want to come out there and get punked by old man Tyson either. So there's like Mark said there's a high uh train crash uh, potential I, with this fight.
0: The, the one thing I really think is different with this fight at least in, in on the Tyson side cuz who the hell has really Jones been fighting out in in Russia, probably a whole bunch of scrubs and he's still losing. But with Tyson at least normally when you see someone this old want to get back into the ring or you know octagon or whatever it's normally a really sad reason you know they just keep wanting to fight they have continuously kept fighting they need the money um or they really don't have anything else besides fighting they've never really branched out um as i think human beings to find other interests after their athletic career should be over but with mike tyson he's had a a second career you know after after boxing you know um at least from what i can tell from from his life he lives a you know full and fulfilling life he had a i think a successful off broadway show one man show um cartoon i think he has a, i think a very successful cartoon from what i've heard very I've successful like one very
2: successful festivals very push again but he it existed nonetheless
0: <laughs>
2: and it seems he just wants to do this
0: just to do it it's not something he needs to do so for me i am not nearly as sad in this case as like when chuck liddell came back or you know ken shamrock still wants to fight so i can watch this exhibition um you know without any regrets unless it's like 50 bucks then get the hell out
2: of here i think they'll hear about it the next. Day. was it 40 bucks it's, it's,
0: it's gonna be expensive. I think it was forty bucks,
2: right, Mark? Didn't we look this up? I yeah, more. it was forty or fifty. It was a I little. I would say higher. forty.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be
2: fifty HD. You know that? You guys know how this works. It's that's forty true. regular, fifty HD. I want four K. If it's fifty, that's what I want. I want to see the old man flab a little bit. You get that old man in shape body, where it's still flabby but in shape. It's that's what we're going for. Yeah, we'll see if this happens. What they say? Yeah, September now. No, November. it was September. Not November. Okay. So instead of watching this on stefan's birthday, we're gonna watch it on Thanksgiving. That's what we're gonna yeah.
0: do. So are they just gonna do this like no crowd? Or where are they doing this? I think that's why
2: they're waiting till November. Probably- I think they both decided they saw the buzz and they're both like, we would like to get paid a little bit, and they're like, I uh we need a gate, and but, they
3: think November is gonna be it. It's like you might as well just postpone it to twenty twenty
2: one. I saw, I saw a thing. y'all, y'all
3: fucking up, man. you're
0: California needs to get their shit together.
2: Well, I mean, I saw that a bunch of football teams are just gonna play regardless of conference. So no, I, I was I saw that a wrestling promotion did an event outdoors and like they did it in the middle of a football field and everybody was like all the crowd was like way afar from each apart from each other. You could do some shit like that, it's just not gonna be that many people there. I don't know what kind of gate you're gonna get. And Japan has events going on right now. I think New Japan's got like people Ooh, if they do like, in Japan, that's a different story. I think Japan's got like six, seven seats apart from each other, the people in the crowd. Um, Bobby, well, I mean, it doesn't count if we're talking about other countries because everyone is doing better than us. I'm Iranian, man, not everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: my, my grandma I've been outside in five months, she said. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. She can go outside, right?
3: You can just go outside and get all Yeah, no, She do not trust
2: the people. Grandma's real old and real short. She's not trusting the system right now. Um, she got to trust the Iranian government telling her it's safe. Come on now. Um, all right, um, UFC 252 is this weekend. Actual pay-per-view. Um, coming to you from the apex. Um, headlined by a matchup between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miosic, which I think is going to determine who's the greatest heavyweight in UFC history. Um, in UFC history, yes. I mean, that's just the greatest heavyweight ever anyway, because we know all that pride shit was fixed anyway. So God, that's what made it so good. <laughs> <buddy>. There's so <laughs> just, many fans along just, the way. Just fixed. Um... Yeah, Stipe, Daniel Cormier. Daniel won the first fight. Uh, UFC 226. Um, I was at that one, actually. Um, brother won a, brother had $100 on Cormier, left the betting slip in his pocket, mom washed the clothes. So, it wasn't like he would have won that much, you know, but still, (laughs) you know, it wasn't great. Um, the second fight, I want to say was roughly a year ago. Um, where, again, kind of looked like the first one. Daniel was really doing well on his feet. Um Last August 17th, actually. Um Almost one year to the date they're going to be fighting. Back in An- uh, in Anaheim. Um Stepe realized about second, third round that Daniel Cormier is really vulnerable to the body. He started digging in. Just digging in. And Daniel's corner kept saying, y- you want to wrestle? Do you, you want to wrestle? And then Daniel-, Daniel didn't wrestle. And then he, l- he was not champion by uh, four minutes into the fourth round. Um, that's my analysis after being, you know, running an MMA podcast for 370 some odd episodes. Uh, betting line for this one, Steph, I'm going to guess it's real close. Uh, real, real
1: close. We have Daniel Cormier coming in, uh, most recent loser in this, uh, feud, but coming in as a slight favorite at minus 115 to Stipe, the defending champion coming in at minus 105.
2: All right. Um, worth mentioning, Daniel has said, this is it. Um, win or lose. So, put that into your th- into your you know equation. Mike, who do you got?
0: I've got DC in this one. Uh, Stipe made a great adjustment halfway through that second fight, but one thing I can't get out of my head are two things. Daniel won the first fight. Maybe you want to call that a fluke, but then the second fight, he was winning most of the rounds in that second fight, if if I remember. He was doing a bit too much headhunting, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, but the reason why he lost is that for some inexplicable reason, he didn't want to listen to his corner.
2: I think he was tired, that, too.
0: That, yeah, but if you're tired, you would think that, considering he is a two-time Olympic wrestler, he would go to what his strengths are. Isn't that normally what happens when you're tired? You kind of revert back to what you're best at. You'd hope. I would... I would hope, and that's not what happened in Daniel's case. So I think the reason why he lost that second fight was a brain fart on on, on his part. And I think with this fight, he's going to be a lot more in tune with, you know, really cementing his legacy. And he's going to want to try to win this in any way possible. So I'm going with DC. I think he's going to actually try to take A to the ground. You know, if this is his last fight, I would assume he would want to use his wrestling chops for one last time. So I have this being a grinded out five round
2: match. Marcus, I'm going with you next because I know who you're picking and I want the dichotomy. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, um, I am picking Stipe. Um, I I agree with a lot of Mike's
3: points about, you know, DC obviously won the first round. He was doing very well in the second round, utilizing the same strategy that brought him success in the first. And then and Stipe kind of found a big weakness and exploited it and, and won the fight. Um, I do think, and I haven't watched it again. So, you know, upon, you know, another view, maybe I would, I would, change my thing here but i honestly think first when i saw him hitting the liver i was shocked dc didn't go down just from those because like bobby said he dug in those shots those are fight ending shots he landed like he landed double digits of those also it felt like yeah and i have to imagine and i think i talked about that then you know the girth of dc might have helped him there having the extra padding so his you know his liver wasn't quite as exposed and wasn't taking you know as much punishment maybe helped him um, but that was just a huge exploit, and I do agree, and DC has said it, you know, the the game plan is different this time going around. He has to utilize a wrestling um, strategy, and mostly what I was getting to is, I think one, you know, was it
2: the third or fourth round he started digging to the body, Bob? I want to say, I, I think third it took ball. at least, I think it took at least the third, I think it was the third, because I think he went back to his corner, and his corner was like, DC, you might want to wrestle. Because <laughs> I, I think what's tough about that is that, like, you're right, Matt, like, wrestling is what brought him to the
3: game, but... Wrestling is probably the most draining style of fight you can implement, and I think changing gears that late in the fight when you're that tired is not does not necessarily mean that that would have been successful. I think he he could have you know tried to get in the clinch, try to shoot stuff, but I don't know if he was going to have the energy to you know get these takedowns and control the fight. That's a new strategy for him. I think Stipe... Has the winning strategy here? Keep him on the outside. Stipe has a fantastic job. That's why DC his whole strategy in that first fight was to, and the second fight was to get it in a phone booth because he does not have the reach advantage, so he has to get in the pocket and trade with him and just be faster. And he was and, until and Stipe figured out like, okay, this guy's body's wide open. So I am going with Stipe on this. Um, you know, I'm pulling for DC. I'm I'm much more of a fan of his. I would love the storybook ending that he you know is able to defeat. Um, you know, his biggest rival outside of John Jones and, and capture the belt one last time, solidify himself as, you know, the greatest heavyweight UFC champion, um, you know, of our era or what have you, whatever credentials you want to give him off that. Um, but I think it's gonna be tough. I think he he's the one that has something to prove in this fight. He's the one that is going to be drastically changing up his style to win. I think, honestly, I really hope he and Habib have just been training like, OK, this is how you get in clinch. Because that's, that's the fucking thing that him and all the all the Dakistani fighters are so good at is like, okay, we're going to stand up for a little bit, but when I decide to rush in, I'm going to grab that clinch and then the fight's mine. And if DC can incorporate those skills, which took Habib a lifetime to, to, to master, um, if he can implement that type of strategy against deepay and get him down and wrestle him the way Habib does, he has a great shot of winning this. He didn't really utilize those skills in the first two fights. So it's hard to think that he's going to be successful in doing it in the third. But it's it's a different game plan. He has to come out with something different because I think he was exposed in that second fight. And
2: that's why I'm picking Stipe. Steph, um, you are the one who you picked DC to be John Jones the first time. You oh, had, I love DC. DC is your guy. He, DC was the you were. This is the one that's going to be John Jones or if nothing else, push the man. This is the last chance I, I you have. It a couple times, I said yeah. it a couple times. This is the last opportunity we have, allegedly. I say allegedly because I think if DC wins this fight, I think they're going to back back the uh, back the Brinks truck up for both him and John to do it one more time. Um, even though it's is it two zero or the one of them get overturned, whatever doesn't matter. Um, Steph, it's a pick on fight. DC Stepe, who do you got? Um, everything
1: you said, right? You're you're spot on. It was I was going to mention it myself because uh, I I remember famously picking DC against a uh, greatest of all time, John Jones, multiple times. I, DC is probably my favorite heavyweight. Um, if if you know if Kane wasn't so brittle, but coming out of that second fight, I can't be helped but reminded of another kind of trilogy, and that is with Kane. Is Junior got a flash knockout on Kane in the first fight? And then Kane figured it out. And each fight got progressively more one-sided from
2: there. And I kind of get that sense here. And I, so I am picking Stipe um, the, the, for... So, apologies, Steph. You don't think... The first couple rounds in the second fight, DC having as much success as he did, that doesn't sway you at all? Or is it making you a little bit hesitant, at least?
1: It's... I mean, I'm. it's It's a close line for a reason, right? I'm not, yeah. like, overwhelmingly convinced that, oh, Stipe's got this in the bag. Uh, of course I could see Daniel winning. He could get a knockout again... Um, the whole idea that wrestling is going to be his game plan has not swayed and persuaded me because when I look at the course of DC's record, he hasn't really fought a lot of great wrestling background guys with the exception of two guys who were very overmatched, that being Patrick Cummins, who is only a wrestler and a very, very old Dan Henderson, right? And so the one time DC went up against a guy with capable MMA wrestling was John Jones and the motherfucker could not do it. He was Rumble losing took a took him down, too,
2: didn't he? And yeah.
1: Uh, I think Gus might have gotten one on yeah. him, even. Gus is Stipe, sneaky good, though, man. <laughs> he is. Oh, well, until now, until recent times. Well, but sneaky good at wrestling. Stipe, <laughs> Stipe is a really, really good wrestler. Just because Daniel wants to wrestle, I am not convinced that he will be able to wrestle. Uh, so I don't think that's an X factor in this fight, in my opinion. And that's why I'm leaning Stipe, because he made the striking adjustments. I still think this comes down to heavyweight hands. Um, and, and Steve A, he, he kind of knows what, Dan, what the best of Daniel is at this point. Um, and on top of it, for this I love Daniel, but you know he got that belt. Um, but the kind of narrative for Daniel in my head is, you don't get the happy ending. It's why I thought he was going to win the second time, and he was going to retire. It was after the Gilroy thing. I thought he was going to dedicate it to his town, to his people. And then he got... Fucking destroy! He got annihilated by Stepe in that finishing sequence. So I think that's kind of one of the other hallmarks of Daniel's career is he does not quite get that final, like that final rung on that ladder. He just can't quite reach it. So um, I would love to see it though. If he, if I'm wrong, I'm then I'm happy because again, I, I he's one of my favorite fighters. But uh, I'm feeling Stepe on this one.
2: I, I decided early on that if this was going to be a split, I was going to make sure it was a split because I honestly I don't know. None of us know, of course, but I honestly go back because I'm like sitting there like, man, if DC doesn't get inside, because he knocked him out because he got inside. And Marcus mentioning the um, clinch work is another part of it. You got to get inside. That's the only way this wrestling is going to work. If he doesn't get inside, he's going to get destroyed. Um, I'm a little worried that DC's foot is out the door a little bit because he like Ariel, the MMA hour is just like, it's him and Ariel now just talking. And let me tell you, like it is it is great. <laughs> let me tell you, I've like, when I was walking around and stuff, I go on my walks. And Daniel explaining to Ariel that he's been binge-watching the Beverly Hillbillies. And Ariel not being able to wrap his head around that is amazing to me. And it was hilarious. And I, I, I Look, I love DC. He's just a good dude. Comes off as a really... Uh, is a good dude, dude, man. They just seem like good people, both of them. Um, I'm going to take Daniel. And I think Stipe will be fighting for the heavyweight title against Francis Ngannou when DC steps down. That's my pick. Um, all right, uh, co-main event. Marlon Chito Vera, Sean O'Malley. I got Sean O'Malley. This is, I'm on the Sugar Sean train until uh, we see a little bit of a threat to his action there. And Chito's kind of said some racist shit too, so go, go Sugar Sean. Stephon? <laughs> uh Yeah, and for the record, Sean is a minus 310 favorite
1: so um this is being booked as a highlight for him um assuming this will be a sweep, i liked his little promotion he did i don't know if you saw it a week ago he sold these kind of celtics-esque uh, o'malley jerseys sold out instantly and boy were, <laughs> and they were uh limited edition they were zero to 99 so whoever bought a jersey you got a different number and that's the number it was and then he uh auctioned off a very special number 420 o'malley jersey Because that's the kind of kid he is. But um, yeah, I'm sold on O'Malley as a prospect. So um, I fully expect this to be a highlight reel for him.
2: I also, I should have brought, when I mentioned the fight announcements, I should have mentioned this because Sean, poor Sean, spent a bunch of time trying to hype up a fight with Cody Garbrandt. And now Cody Garbrandt's going down to 125, which just want to say. He's running
1: to 125 per O'Malley. Yeah,
2: I mean, sure. But um, like uh, Cody Garbrandt, which uh, fight that I think everybody here we all mentioned might happen, and we were all on board with Cody Garbrandt versus uh, Davis and Figueroa. Um, sounds like two guys are gonna throw heat at each other, and uh, one of them won't be standing, possibly Cody Garbrandt. But um, Mike, who do you got on this one? Sean O'Malley, Chito Vera.
0: <laughs> Yo, there's two people in the game with rainbow hair that are absolutely killing it. Sean O'Malley and Takashi Six Nine.
2: Mike, I want you to apologize for supporting a man with terrible music and <laughs> rapist? Is that why he went to jail? Rape? I'm not clear exactly. Wait, uh, didn't he rape? And then he also snitched
1: on a bunch of other rapists and drugs. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. He, he did all the stuff that you read about I, and like I you hear
0: believe, about in movies. I believe the first thing was that he videotaped a, a very, very young girl having sex with one of his boys. Um, so he was not the one doing the act he was in the room so probably not good yeah i
2: mean sure let's elect him president then Girl. he's uh, the documentarian i get it yes. <laughs> yes.
0: yes and i think the second thing i think he went to jail because he was just an idiot like he literally videotaped
2: his how are we talking about this somebody. how so, did we even I, up here I, by the I, way you know I, you know what else has rainbow hair oscar you could have gone with oscar <laughs> well she's not champion so she's not exactly killing she's game. always champion <laughs> All right? Nobody is ready for Asuka ever. So you got Sean O'Malley, I take it? Yeah. Mark, um, what rapist do you want to consider Sean O'Malley, compare Sean O'Malley to before you want, make a pick? i not touching that. <laughs> I'm not following those footsteps. Why Why do we have to even say anything after Mike? just? How you know, do you follow that? Uh, I'm going to go
3: with Sean O'Malley, too, cause, mostly because i just been insanely impressed with what he's been able to do. Um,
1: I, Steph, you got the line on Vera? Uh, he's coming in at plus 255, so it's Man. about 3-1 to
3: one, both directions. I kind of want to put some money on Vera, because He's I mean, good! At, Sean O'Malley is fantastic. He's been lighting it up since he's come to the UFC, a <laughs> 420 joke right there. Uh, but you look at Marlon Vera, like, this dude's been a fucking around, and he's yeah. fought some fucking people. Now, look, he's lost to some of these guys. Like, he fought... One of the fights I look at I'm like, that's interesting. He fought John Lineker, so he's fought some guy with heavy hands. Now, it, the striking of Sean O'Malley is completely different. Um... But, you know, I look at this guy, I'm like, he, he has some good wins here. This guy is really a someone that's been in there for a long time. Mark, do you know how many times Marlon Vera's been knocked out? He's, I also like that. He's only lost by decision. Yep. Which, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that make me look at this at, like, a plus 250. and be like, you know, this could be an easy upset. I'm still going with Sean because, like you said, he has the prospect shine on him. He, he has the, the aura of the Conor McGregors, of the uh, Francis Ngannou. It's like when these guys believe they're unstoppable – Talk about how they're unstoppable and then show you in the fight how they're unstoppable. It's hard to deny them. I think this is the toughest test to date for him. Um, and I'm not going to be surprised if he falters. You know, we've seen, look, at was it two weeks ago with Ed, Ed Shemaze Blasey and whoever the fuck that I bought into the hype, like Stefan said, oh, this guy's great. Let's all go for him. He beat, uh, what's his face? Brad Tavares. So he's got to be God. Sean O'Malley beat uh, Eddie Wineland. Oh, he's got to be the best striker of all time. Like We're putting a lot of hype on him that is quasi-deserved, but not quite officially reserved. He gets past Vera. That's a good notch on his belt. I think it's going to be a tough test. I think you know he potentially could get exposed here. I'm not anticipating that, but I think it's in the realm of possibility. I think this line is skewed a little bit further than I would have put it, um, but I think it's also because people are super hot on Sean O'Malley, so they're going to bet fat money on him even when he's a minus 350 favorite or whatever, but all I'm saying is I'm not going to be shocked. We come here next week and be like, yeah, they kind of exposed to me. Got him on the ground, and it turns out Sean O'Malley ain't the greatest grappler in the world. You know, I'm not going to be surprised if that's the narrative that comes out of this. Um, but I am expecting Sean O'Malley to come out flashy, confident, and get a, a KO win early in this fight.
2: You know what the difference between Sean O'Malley and uh, Edmund Shabazian is? One of them is part of a real team. Uh, Sean O'Malley is part of the lab, MMA lab. He's got real training partners like Benson Henderson, Efren Escadero. Like I said, I don't miss an opportunity to shit on Tarverdian.
1: Remember when Fabrizio kicked him and no one was mad? No <laughs> one said, whoa, what is this, what is this professional fighter kicking out a corner Dude, man? No I, one I, was upset about that. You I think that ben... meme where it's like everyone liked that? Uh, yeah, Fabrizio kicks corner man coach, <laughs> Edmund Tarverian. Everyone liked
2: that. I think it was uh, Ben Folks who said, man, if he'd done that to like Greg Jackson, they would have chased Fabrizio out of the arena with pitchforks. <laughs> um, yeah, I got, I got Sean O'Malley. I said at the beginning, we all picked Sean O'Malley. So Sean O'Malley, clean sweep on this one. Um, Junior Dos Santos uh, versus the Biggie Boy. Biggie Boy, Biggie Boy. Last time we saw Biggie Boy fight was that when he pulled the win against Alistair out of his ass? No, nope. no, it was when he got knocked out by Francis. I thought. How oh about? yeah, that's true. He pulled an he pulled it out of his ass against Alistair because he was that was was Alistair winning that or was uh, great? Close? Alistair was winning. winning yeah. yeah, he was winning. He took yeah. off the last round because he was so much winning. <laughs> yeah, and then Biggie Boy hit him with the Biggie punch. Um, if Wendy's doesn't get behind Biggie Boy, do they still do Biggie size or America's fat and they feel bad about it?
3: Uh, I think I think they still do Biggie Bobby, but that's a fucking stretch. Also, <laughs> I'm not that popular where they're going to show this big black guy and be like, you know, this guy's Biggie Boy, like our
1: <laughs> Biggie
2: combo. You, you know, I, I, was, I was just at Wendy's and I didn't recognize any Biggie Boy signage. So <laughs>
0: I think it's very similar to what McDonald's did with the super size where they got rid of it, but they just made all the other
3: sizes bigger.
2: I think you're yeah. say I'd like a large you know, yeah, and, I like the lead in my... the my... You know,
3: Wendy's has got their marketing down on top. They got a hot Twitter. They don't need to bring in Biggie Boy <laughs> to sell burgers.
2: <laughs> um, betting odds for this one, Steph.
1: Uh, Biggie Boy as the slight favorite at minus one fifty to Junior Dos Santos's plus one thirty.
2: Okay, I want to see the betting line movement on this. I think I can do that because did money come in on Junior after his abs showed up on Twitter?
1: I think you're mispronouncing his name, Bobby. I believe it is Juicer Dos Santos
2: uh, when you see his physique at this current
1: stage of his career.
2: (laughs) Okay, so back on July 18th, the line moved to nearly even. And I contend (laughs) (laughs) that that is – I'm not even going to look it up because it's better for my story. That Junior Dos Santos, that's when he posted the picture of his new abs. Look. No, Bobby, that ain't nothing
0: but baby oil.
2: Do you see the picture? Yes. Lighting. My man's got, like, got biscuits. One, two, three, four, five, six. All those biscuits he's got there. Look, I I love Junior Dos Santos. Um, He just seems like the nicest man. I had been saying, I mean, Junior hasn't been Junior Dos Santos for a while now. I mean, we're, this podcast has been around for eight years plus. And eight years ago, Mark was saying, Junior likes to back up with his hands down. And eight years later, Junior still likes to back up with his hands down. Um, it was a five-round fight. I'd give Junior a bigger chance, a better chance, honestly, because Biggie Boy does one thing. i just, I just think Junior's gonna get knocked out. that's just it. I think he's, I think he's a more well-rounded fighter. I think he's, his chin can't hold up to getting cracked. So I'm gonna go with Biggie Boy. Um, Steph. Now this isn't a visual medium, but so it'll just be for your eyes only.
1: But I have a rule now. It's called I don't pick against fighters that I own the shirt of. This is my Nike Sigano shirt. Uh, Junior was a Nike athlete. Was Biggie Boy ever a Nike athlete, Bobby? He's Uh, a Wendy's athlete. You say Biggie Boy only does one thing. He does two things. He also loses most of his fights. Uh, he just fortunately ran into what is called the overconfident final round Alistair Overeem. Uh, C, when he was punching his own cheeks against, uh, Bigfoot Silva. Um Alistair is very vulnerable in the final frame of every fight that he's in for whatever reason. Um... Junior, I, I know you say he's susceptible to uh, you know, getting hit. Um, I've watched Junior's recent fights. He fights more conservatively now. And what he has in the bucket that I think he will exploit, he will have a significant grappling advantage over Biggie Boy. Biggie Boy is a one-dimensional kickboxer, and that's one of the things Overeem did against him was ground him. So um, I, think over, I think Junior is going to use that sweet, sweet core strength that he's got now
2: and he's going to use it to hold your boy down. Junior, upset. I'm gonna, he's uh, back, baby. This is a rare occasion on this podcast, because I'm going to do it right now. Stefan has successfully convinced me. I I'm, I'm I got Junior, too. Mike changed my pick. Stefan sold me. When we're, when we're wrong, though, on Saturday, Stefan, I'm just you're just going to get angry It was very weird,
3: because most of his argument was about how he owned his t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that.
2: Biggie boy loses all the time. Well, no, like, honestly, like,
3: mean, Nagano is the only loss he has in MMA. He has like a billion kickboxing matches he won, but
1: oh say yeah. he was getting his ass kicked to Alistair. Yeah, that's and true. Grounded well, was by Alistair who's a well.
2: solid, not amazing ground. That was honestly the realization that, that happened. I said it myself, I'm like, oh yeah, he was losing that.
0: I um mean, bro, was just, just has to be offended by Stefan. Stefan was like, this is the man who's lost the majority of his fights. He's 10 and one. <laughs> He's lost the
1: majority of the minutes in the cage. The picture of Rosenstreich in the UFC is a really good punch with five seconds left in the fight. That is the only success that man has had in the UFC. He's done other stuff.
2: We ain't talking about other stuff. Mike, does that count at all? Probably not. It it hurts my soul that he did that. Mike, who do you got?
0: (laughs) Uh, I have JDS as well. Um, Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, he's he's 10-1, but his wins aren't exactly that impressive to start with. The the quality of competition outside of Alistair, that one was a lucky one. It's not anything to write home about. And also, I am playing up the juicing factor. Um, I believe that fighters that are on performance-enhancing drugs can be better. TJ Gilleshaw would like to work
1: overturns and positive tests after the fact don't involve the picks, you know? Allegedly. So, yeah. we, we got we got to go with that juicing boy right now. Mark, you want to just take the favorite here?
3: Uh, well, I mean, honestly, at the beginning of this, I was going to take Juno DeSandos because <laughs> a lot of the points you guys made, but now it would just seem silly if we all pick the... It's a real, it's a real Aldo so Edgar. Often. We do that so often. We talk we talk ourselves all up. We all pick the same idiot, and then he loses, and we all look like numbskulls picking the the underdog to win. So, I'll go with Roshan strike. I wasn't going to three minutes ago, but things change quickly in this. Hey, world. maybe my argument was just that compelling. Guys. I mean, I, <laughs> Steph, I was going to make a lot of the same points, you know, I mean, mostly with the competition he's fought in the UFC. A lot of it has been, you know, guys that haven't looked super impressive. And, and his most impressive performance was mostly getting beaten for four rounds. And then, you know, winning the fight with four seconds left, which, you know, I've said multiple times, take my half to the guy. He pulled it off. You know, it was, uh, you know, not an easy thing to do to win the fight with that much time left on the clock. I um, mean, he pulled it off. Um, the Nuganu fight wasn't too surprising for me because uh, I just I haven't I haven't seen Rosin Strike look super impressive as I've been watching him. Mean, he has a lot of quick knockouts. That's awesome. Uh, I think this is a good test for him. Um, I'll go with. <laughs> I mean, it's really shitty when my whole pick is like, I'm going because you morons. I'll pick my fighter, I and mean, we got to make it fun. Um, but and I think I think honestly. Looking at Roshan Strike's record, that did kind of impress me. One, like Mike said, he has only lost to Naganu, who just basically like just blitzed him and got him out there fast. What I actually did find really impressive was dude has so much more kickboxing fights than I ever realized. 76 wins, eight losses, one draw means he knows how to, you know, get in there and take a punch and survive and, you know, get wins in, in, in that sport. Now, this is obviously very different. I think you guys mentioned the grappling aspect. Um, could really change things. I don't think it's going to go that way. I think they'll mostly keep it standing. Um, I'll go with Rosen Strike. I-, I think it's going to be a close fight, though.
2: The next two fights probably get a little bit less analysis, folks. John Dotson, Marab, uh Bailey. Huh? We picking these? Yeah, we're picking these two fights. Oh, I thought we were only doing the top three. That's all I saw in wow. the, the chat. Okay. Well, you got to click on the picture; it shows the whole thing. No, well, okay. this <laughs> <laughs> is the top four fights. Top five fights. Yeah, I got to find out what this other one is. Okay. John Dotson, Morab. You guys don't.
1: I'm going to read you the lines, and we're all going to pick the same thing in this site.
2: Uh, John Dotson, Morab, uh, Um I'm just going to list the people John Dotson has lost to. Peter Yan, Jimmy Rivera, Marlon Moraes, John Lineker, Demetrius Johnson. Those are the people he's lost to in the UFC. Morab um, hasn't fought anybody in the zip code of this talent. And um, you always worry about John Dodson just kind of like showing up and just looking at a guy rather than throwing the wonderful punches he has. I'm gonna take the underdog, which is John Dodson, right, Steph? Uh, he is. He is the underdog. I got. I got Dodson. Who do you got?
1: I will take the uh, minus two hundred favorite, uh, Marab. Devalishvili. don't know. I don't know who he is. Just like a uh, Shabazian fellow from a week Look, ago. Look, my logic but, here um, is, is:
2: these guys are on pay per view. We can figure out who the fuck these people are. You listed
1: <laughs> a lot of good names, but um, frankly, John Dodson's looked washed. He he's a s- guy, small guy who relies on speed, and he's looked significantly poor output across the board in all those fights. Yes, they're names, but um, I just don't have faith in John Dodson in twenty twenty. Mark?
3: Um, I, I'm going to go with Dodson, uh, and it's mostly more of a familiarity thing. Um, and I think you raise a good point, Bob. I mean, look, at some of those losses have been a little bit more recent. He's coming off a win off of Nathaniel Wood, who I'm not super familiar with. But I'm also not familiar with McRab either so i don't have much to go off here so i'm going off familiarity more than anything else and just look at the record so i got Dodson.
2: honestly i thought i thought wood was going to beat his ass Wood it uh, was it was set up for wood as a prospect to beat up dodson and then dodson and well, i, mean, I feel slightly better now man. yeah mike
0: man you remember when dodson was possibly like, there was actually a time before that second johnson fight where like yo yo maybe he has a chance
2: Yo, I mean, he crazy. won two rounds. He dropped him. I like that. By the way, that, talk about making adjustments. They had that second fight, and Mighty Mouse won 25 minutes of it. <laughs> like it <Yes>. was, <laughs> He said, fuck this. I'm winning all this.
0: <laughs> um, I'm going with Dodson as well, uh, mainly because of familiarity's sake. Um, and you know what? I'm going to hope that Dodson can make a run up until he retires. He's going to be one of those uh, just uh, favorites of mine.
2: Fair enough. Um Mirab tends to win by decision. Dotson tends to lose by decision. So Stefan might just be getting an easy one here. Um, Magomed. I love a good Magomed. Magomed Ankaleev versus Ion Kutelaba. The Hulk. Man has to come to the weigh-ins painted green. All right? Sometimes he'll bring an inflatable uh, guy with a picture of his opponent on it. And the UFC becomes a real fucking buzzkill about it. Doesn't let him bring him on stage. Um, Kutelaba um 26 years old um we keep calling him a prospect but the dude keeps like switching wins and losses coming off of a loss to a to another to wait did he this this man to this man he just lost to this man Um,
3: (laughs) is there a story here was it controversial because he beat him in like 26 seconds i'm like what the fuck are we
2: rolling this back (laughs) um he thought he was out on his feet that was that one. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, I remember okay, that fight okay, McDonald. Remember I that remember. one? Yeah. Okay. And then okay. Kuchalapa's like, "The fuck, Kevin McDonald, I'm fine. I'm just getting hit in the head." Well, he's uh, like I'm just I'm just acting here. He's like, "Oh, did yeah. you act
3: too good." I yeah, guess? exactly.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, they're coming off of a fight where one guy knocked out the other guy but not really. Um <laughs> Magomed has only got one loss, and it's to Paul Craig. And Mark, I'm not sure if you looked it up yet, but how did Paul Craig beat him? It was a triangle choke, I saw. It. <laughs> That's how Paul Craig does five, wins fights though. Folks. It's what I was expecting. It's what, it's I got. what Paul Paul Craig. What do you have? Did we count him the other day? He has like three or four like triangle that. choke wins. Betting odds for this one.
1: Uh, Magomed is the biggest favorite on the card at minus three fifty. Um, as you said, they already fought. I think this is an easy one across the board. Whose line are you looking at?
2: And when did you pull? Or did you save it from earlier and it's moved a bunch?
1: Um, I see it. It's various lines. The low end is minus 300. The high end is 350. What does it matter, Bob? Does it matter? I could say plus 150. Is it going to change your pick? Nah. I Ooh. think
2: Eon Kutalaba is going to get kicked in the head again. So yeah, I got Magomed. There Mike, you, go. you got you got Magomed? Yes. Mike, yes. Yes. Okay. There we go. Sorry. Uh, you Stefan, you got you got Magomed. Yeah. He shook his head. Mark, you got Magomed? I do.
3: And the only thing I really learned from this is that that Kutelabe guy is like putting a lot of effort for me to remember him, and I still don't. <laughs> you don't remember that Hulk stuff? Name. I recognize the name because I saw it on what, what didn't Mike or you put it on, like, oh, look at all these fighters that aren't in the UFC 4 game. And I remember seeing his name be like, okay, I recognize those letters as somebody that I know is a MA fighter, but I couldn't tell you. Like I said, like I said to Bob. All those fighters, there's like eight of there's like eight of them. I'm like, okay, that's a legit travesty to not in the game. I like the ones, you... I was like, if you put their pictures up, I couldn't match the names to Whoa,
0: help you. gonna be in the DLC. This is all about making that money, man. Well, see, That'd
2: that's the cool. thing. A. First Kutalaba. of all, if I can't, pay, if he can't come out green, which this man, if you Google Eon Kutalaba Hulk, it's all his way in pictures where he's painted green. I want to fi- If I can fight with him while he's green, I might be on board. That's the only way. By the way, I saw a guy saying that he had the UFC, I couldn't tell if it was serious or not, but he was talking about UFC UFC 4, saying that in career mode, he just signed his second contract, and it's for 13,000 and uh, and 13,000 UFC, and I'm like, I don't know if that's real or not, but if it is, I'm going to laugh quite a bit. If I, uh
1: and if you have that contract, I want there to be a part in that mode where I have financial struggles. Um, <laughs> how uh, I, I I I'm thinking about taking a part-time job, guys. I'm gonna do that you, uh, paper route working, for a little. Like, you're working at minutes. an AT and T
2: call center at night. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what you're doing? It it affects your fatigue in the fight. Yeah, I just, I just. <laughs> that <Stephon> like <laughs> so guess- can-
0: Stephon could make rent, but he I, only has a 70 energy going into the It's like, fight. do I
1: want to hire a striking coach for this fight, or would I like to pay my electricity? i, um, I remember I'd like uh, these options in the career mode.
2: I remember uh, the, one of the countdowns with Mighty Mouse where he's like, yeah, you know, I'm a champion now. But let me tell you, when I was in the UFC at first, I still had a second job. I was working construction. I only trained two days a week with Matt Hume. When I fought Dominic Cruz, I only was training two days a week. And I'm like thinking while I'm watching this, I'm like, UFC, this is your show. I wouldn't highlight the fact that I'm putting somebody in a main event in a title fight and he has to work. He's avoiding a nail gun at a construction site earlier. Also, he's tiny. How is he working at a construction site? I know, that job doesn't really match his demeanor and his
3: physical physique, but you know, he's yeah. in shape. He's the he's runner. Like a, he's running the tools you know, it's back like Ants you know, like
0: can lift over like a hundred times their own weight. Well, so. dude's
3: not ant, he's a human.
0: Mike. There's a picture
2: so of Mighty Mouse with he he a hard hat, and I'm just like, this is not safe. He might just be good with the sledgehammer, or he
1: might be operating the machinery, right? He's got good use of them joysticks. I'm he pretty knows, sure he's got a nickname the
3: because
2: they're like, oh, let's get that little small guy to go in this uh, crevice here and dig around <laughs> in the building. <laughs> Um, only one woman's fight on, uh, only two women's fight on this card. Felice Herrig returning, um, feels she hasn't fought in a bit. did not she tear all her shit? Yeah, Yeah, like,
0: uh, April before last.
2: October, before October 2018, her last fight. Um, coming back, um, after torn ACL, she's taking on Verna John Daraba. John, I can't say this name. Um, we also have, uh, Livia Hanata Souza, who I like watching her fight because it tends to be pretty violent. Um, but our guy, Jim Miller, man, Jim Miller been in the UFC since 2008. He's still doing it, man. He's still winning fights. (laughs) He fought in June. Jim's like 40 years old, man. 30. He's 36. He's been in the UFC since he was 24. He's, he's just there. He's just picking up checks. They're probably paying Jim 50 and 50, 60 and 60 at best. So just picking up checks. Um, that's really it on this card. It's a ten fight, card. it's a eleven fight card. It looks like, if I can count correctly. Oh, okay. Apparently, there's another fight that might happen. Jorge Gonzalez versus Isaac Villanueva. They should figure out if that is happening. Um, we didn't talk about Bellator, and I feel bad we picked it. Um, real quick, Michael Chandler knocked out Ben Henderson in what was it, forty five seconds? It was quick. And he's a free agent. Um, just real one word answer. Oh, let's go. Two things. I want you guys to say two things. One, does the UFC pay him? Because we know the Bellator was. Two, if they do, who do you want to see him fight? Um, I'll go first. I don't think they pay him. Because I think he's going to he's gonna end up in one anyway. But if they were to pay him, I think Dustin Poirier, and Michael Chandler would make sense just because they're gonna if they're gonna pay him, they're gonna make him fight somebody good. And I think that'd be a really good fight. So that's my i. I mean, it's lightweight. All the fights are good. That's me. Steph, you got anything in mind?
1: Um, they're not going to pay him because uh, he brings no eyes, notoriety, or cachet. Um, and so he is going to fight one of the Pitbull brothers. I don't know which one is which. He'll keep doing that because that's so you think what he's going to say. Really, I th-
2: keep fighting them till the end of that promotion. Oh, really? I, I think if he doesn't go to the UFC, he's going to one. And he's going to fight Eddie Alvarez again personally. Um, Mark, what do you got?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I, I hope they pay him. I'd like to see him in the UFC. Um. It's also just a division they don't really need t- more talent to go to necessarily. It's already pretty stacked and rich. Um. But I would like to see them. I think Poirier makes a lot of sense. Paul Felder would be fun. Um. I'm trying to think of any other lightweights that are kind of like good stand-up fighters that, you know, they would have a good back and forth. And I'm not coming up with it. I mean, McGregor would obviously – I, I want to see McGregor fight anybody. I'm trying to think anyone Tony? else. Tony? Tony would be great.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if they that, pay him, if they pay uh, him, they're gonna have to give him a real fight. Yeah,
3: I, I mean, I agree. Anytime they do these
2: acquisitions
3: where it's is a known guy, they, they throw him in the deep end, right? They're not they're not gonna give him a feeler fight first. Um, so I definitely think yeah, a guy like Poirier or something would make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him. But I, I think, like you said, I mean, it's funny because Stefan said it without knowing it at all. But I was like. He does have unfinished business in Bellator. He did lose to Pitbull in his last like title fight, so but he nailed it there. Which, I mean, yes, I don't know. Um, I, I hope he he gets paid what, I mean, because obviously we talked him up last week. I, I think he's a great talent asset. Um, I think any of these uh, promotions would be, you know, it would be fantastic to pick him up. Um, but I don't know how much interest there is in the UFC. Um, I hope they it goes should, that way, though. They should let him
2: go, honestly.
3: I don't. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, it's mean, like I don't a think free agent them. thing, right? Because I mean, look at. <laughs> I can also see a reality where like one's like, we've been buying, we've been getting a lot of these contracts, and we don't have a lot of fights. We have not been. Making the money off these, pro- I mean, I don't know how much they're making off DJ well, and one, Eddie. And-
2: one blatantly lies about their numbers. They say they're getting like 10 million viewers. So if they're going to keep that going, they might as well get the talent that's going to justify. Well,
3: they the have guys. to. I mean, that's the thing is if it's not a lie and they have the money to support it, yeah, get Chandler, have an Alvarez three or four or whatever the fuck it's going to be, um because that 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 would get the Western audience, you know, interested. But. I don't know if they have the money or if they're, you know, I, I'm viewing it at the viewpoint like, oh, maybe they've overspent getting some of this talent that hasn't really paid off for them, like getting Sage Northcut and stuff like that. But, you know, I just hope at the end of the day Chandler gets, you know, what I think he's deserving of, which is, you know, fat paycheck. This
2: guy's a fucking fantastic talent, so he deserves to to get paid well for I, it. I honestly I wonder what he's, that. I mean, when I say, I know Bellator pays him, but I'm wondering, what is it, like 200. To fight, maybe that that would not mean that would
3: not be unfair. I think for I think he he earns you know that
2: type of pay for what he's capable of and what he brings. So Um, here's the thing, man. Like I mean, back in the day, you'd be like, okay, you're fine with the UFC, and even if the money's close, you're like, well, I'm going to get more on sponsorship because more people watch the UFC. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, what are you getting? Like, is it just like your gym is gonna? I mean, does he own a gym? Does he honestly? If you're not
3: making the money, it's kind of a legacy thing. You know, do you want to go... You're really betting your on yourself, right? That's and, what you're and, betting and, on. Yeah, and exactly. You're, you're betting a lot on yourself and you're betting... For a, a pay-per-view. I mean, and even if you do that, yeah, even if you do it thinking financially, not only is this for my legacy, I want to prove that I'm the best in the world, I can hang with these guys, but I'm also not going to garner that paycheck I deserve unless I get to the title and win the title. That's a lot riding, you know, on you winning a lot of fights against, like, a killer division with, like, the top talent is, is a really tough bet. Um, I think potentially... I think he, I think he deserves to be in the mix. I don't know if he's the
2: best in that division, though. So, um, Mike,
0: no, I don't think he goes to the UFC. Um, UFC oh. isn't exactly in a situation with not having any gates, and I, I gotta assume that they're probably running more in the red than they no- normally are.
2: I think they're printing money. Really. Yeah, because oh. I think they're pretty much, because they have no overhead costs besides the fighter salaries. They're still getting exactly the same from, I don't know if they were making money on Gates unless it was Connor. That's the thing. Like, and they're not paying Connor. I think they, like, I'm basing this entirely in the fact that WWE just posted their entire, their most profitable quarter ever. And that's because they haven't had to fucking move the goddamn ring. And, you know, they aren't running house shows which UFC is still getting uh, the same money they're getting from ESPN.
1: But what about Fight Island, Bobby, when
2: they built an island on that existing island? Where they just got they did a commercial for Abu Dhabi, huh? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, Mike, go ahead. I mean, if you – okay, either way, who do you no, have? But, who do you have even, funny.
0: Even besides that, I mean, it seems they're in a climate where they don't seem to want to pay people. I mean, they let a, what, possibly top five, top six light heavyweight just walk still on the contract to go to Bellator. So I don't know if they want. Yeah, to pay. what
2: happened there? By the way, like you want to talk about it? You brought it up to me. Corey Anderson just left.
0: Yeah, um, Corey Anderson. If I'm right, he, I think he asked for his release, and the UFC allowed it, and he signed with Bellator.
2: I mean, Corey Anderson could nice, be Ryan dude. Bader. I, I would
3: watch Ryan Bader. And <laughs> and that's Corey the thing Anderson. is, like, he has a chance to to be double champion. He saw what Bader did. He's like, yeah, let me be that shark in that pond. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I get it.
0: So yeah, so seeing that especially I mean Corey Anderson is a really good fighter. Um they still had him under contract and they still let him go. I don't know if they're in the market right now to be picking up, you know, high high ticket people. And especially how Stefan said, um Michael Chandler is a great fighter, but I don't know how much he would add to, you know, pay per view buys. So might not be worth it. And uh what was the other question you had?
2: Who do you want that was fight? it. Who do you want to fight? Yeah. Oh, if he well, but there was premise that he would actually go to the UFC. But if you have a guy you want the fight, just let me know.
0: No, it's Bellator, so for the most part, I don't care. There's like three pit bulls in his division, so just put him up against one of those.
2: Have him fight Rory. Let's see what happens. Okay, move up. I'd watch that.
0: For a second, I thought you said Roy. So I'm like, <laughs> I kind of thought that
2: too. That. <laughs> I would
0: watch that. Right By the way,
2: um, if you want to go into free agencies, uh, say what you will about Benson Henderson, looking good against Benson Henderson, as we know, basically impossible. Two guys have done it: Benson Henderson, I mean uh, Anthony Pettis, and Michael Chandler. Everybody else uh, yeah, it does; they don't look great. The We're man who
0: originated the calf kick.
2: Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Let's do stuff we like. And by stuff we like, let's just get into uh, Umbrella Academy, now that we've all watched it. Um, when we last talked, I believe Stefan mentioned that Diego is a shitty character. I contend that Luther is a fucking moron. Um, if you haven't seen the ending of this show, this is about to be spoilerific. So let's just get into that now. Let's just point that out. Um, I'm starting to think maybe we should end with it. If Because if we're going to get real spoiler-heavy, maybe people want to know, Mark, what games we got. So... Why don't you talk about what you got this week before we'll, we'll end with Umbrella Academy. Okay.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll try to do this real quick. Um, there's a couple things I do have to go through, though. So uh, coming up on Friday, like Bobby kind of mentioned earlier, uh, UFC 4 is coming out. Uh, I'm kind of excited for that one. It's been a while. It looks like they definitely improved some aspects of the game. but Some of them are still dreadfully awful. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. Last week, uh, Fall Guys came out. That was the PS uh, Plus game. That's kind of like a big obstacle course game show. I put a little bit of time into that. Um, all I would say is that I'm glad it's a PS Plus game. I'm glad I got it for free because it's definitely a game I played for like 40 minutes. I had some good laughs. I had some frustration. Um, and then I put it down and I haven't gone back yet. And I think it's a game that I might periodically jump into every now and then just to kind of have a fun thing to play for a little while. But not something I'm going to stick like a ton of time into. Um, and then lastly, I did want to mention um, this last weekend was the uh, Avengers uh, beta for PS4. Uh, I got in on that. Um, and I think I need a premise that I'm a big Marvel fan. Uh, I like a lot of the Marvel games that they put on the consoles. Like, a uh, big fan of Ultimate Alliance 3. I thought that was a lot of fun, even though it was very repetitive. So, I mean, all that to say, I really enjoyed the Mar- uh, the Marvel Avengers beta. I thought it was really fun. Um, this game was also catered to someone like me. If I came back this week and said like I did not like it, that game would have some really serious problems. Because if I don't like it, then... There's very little chance the the public's going to like it. But the general consensus has been that, you know, the game has gotten a lot of hate since it was first shown for characters not looking great. Then there's a Spider-Man controversy. There's other now they data mined that there's going to be some other kind of, uh, you know, promotional stuff from like Verizon and Intel having their own little costumes and stuff. So there's a lot of negativity around the game. Um, However, a lot of people that got to play the beta last weekend have said that, you know, it's kind of fun. It it, it scratches that itch. And what I would say about it is it is kind of split up into two parts. There's basically a single player game that has this interesting campaign. We're playing as uh, uh, Miss Marvel. uh, I keep forgetting her name. Kamala Khan and um as the other avengers going basically going through this story of you know how the avengers disable uh get disbanded and she kind of brings them all back together and they're fighting its aim and the whole premise of the game is that the story is going to continue on they're going to add new content for free new characters um and that's stuff i'm really um interested in the multiplayer aspect where you're kind of playing with friends uh doing the loot grind stuff I i would say like the loot itself is not very interesting to me it's just making the numbers go higher which is in of itself kind of fun but like there's no cosmetic changes when you get like a new piece of armor or anything. You have different costumes that you wear. So that stuff wasn't super great. Um, the beta, the multiplayer was just flat, out, flat out broken. Like you can not. I only got into one game with other people, and when you did that, it was really fun. So I think overall, the game is very enjoyable to play. I think the story has been very interesting. Um, the loot grind, I don't think is going to be as strong. It never is for me personally. But I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with this game that I, I was already excited. For it coming out in September, now that I got to play a little little bit of it, I'm much more excited for it. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I got this
2: week. Mike, you got anything?
3: Yeah,
0: just uh, one quick thing before we get into Umbrella Academy. I alluded to this uh, to Stefan earlier today. I love my ability to procrastinate because Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, if I'm right back, in April. And I remember in April saying, all right, after I beat Persona 5, then I can justify buying this game, where about four months since April, I haven't played Persona 5 since maybe before today, since maybe two months ago. And then I see an advertisement on Instagram that Final Fantasy VII Remake is now 40 bucks. So my ability to not get shit done has uh, saved me 20 bucks. How about that?
2: Shout out to the Instagram uh, algorithm getting Mike to buy that thing. Okay. I get, I got a bunch of chef knives. That's all I get, uh, knives. Well, so they know me. One day I'm gonna buy one of these.
1: So Man, uh, speaking of Instagram ads, I knew where like mine jumped the shark. I'm like, God damn, how much Korean content am I uh, consuming? Because I got an Instagram ad for a Korean facial scrub. Like I'm getting Korean skin products now, and I'm like, all right, the, the this algorithm thinks has figured me out. Um, yeah, in the world of uh, K pop news, there was a big uh, debut group that came out. Um, a boy band from the YG label, uh, YG being one of the most prominent K pop labels, having produced uh, Big Bang in 21 from the previous generation. Um, it's the reason, they're the reasons anyone in the West even heard of K pop. Uh, Blackpink is their most prominent group now. Uh, they got a new boy group out called Treasure. Um, and I'm pretty into K pop, I'm kind of. I don't have the culture shock that a lot of people have when they first see K-pop for the first time. But I'll say this, that boy band has too many fucking members. It has 12 yes. members in it. All right, let me tell you something. When it comes to
0: K-pop, there's never enough members, all right?
1: Mike, I cannot tell you 11 guy friends I have that I want to do anything with. <laughs> I, I cannot, I, there's not 11 other guys I know that that's I'd, fair, man. Anything I'd, I'd enjoy doing with them. That's, I'm just like, that's too many people. Uh, we're not going to get shit done. I don't want to see a movie with 11 guys. I don't want to go to a restaurant with 11 guys.
0: Oh, what split if, that track. All right, all right, hold <laughs> up, hold up, Steph. But what if the motivation to get 11 of your boys together is, yo, we're going to be world famous, and we're going to get all of the tail that we can muster split 12 ways?
1: Look, um, you, that sounds nice, but you know what's built into these K-pop contracts? No dating clauses. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to maintain the illusion of chastity. Uh, You can get cut from the group if you're seen dating in public. So um, that's not really the life, you know. Uh, Do you know what that
0: means, then? There's 12 people in a group, right? And just in case someone gets caught, you know, a little winky-winky, nudgy-nudgy, they got people on deck to replace that dude. So it's probably more like 24 people in this group.
1: See, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say that, you know, your boys will cover for you, but I'll be like, man, my boys will be the first ones to out me. So, uh...
2: Yeah, I guess. I had, I, what, it, what, it, why, why, why are we, why are we catching strays here? What, <laughs> is, what, why are your boys? You're talking about me, us here. What, because
1: why? on this podcast, uh, Bob and Mike uh, have told completely unrelated stories about incidents in my life for no reason that had nothing to do with any subject on hand. So, uh, shit just happens between guys, you know? Wait a second. But Wait, okay. It, hold up, hold up. If this was, go- like, if
0: us saying something was gonna result in you being out of the group and out yeah. of the fame <laughs> and, you know, the money split 12 ways, come on, man, we would've We, would've
1: we wouldn't mess with well. your paper! Alright, anyways, wouldn't- <laughs> I'm circling back around. It's too many fucking people, but damn, their song, Boy, that is a fucking banger. When that, when that, when that beat on that hook drops, This is why YG is big in the West. They know how to make some damn good-sounding songs. Um, Yeah, is is K-pop a fucking factory? Yes, it is. But Treasure, boy, go give them a few more million views in their second day or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, K-pop is running music, uh, and
2: it's just time. If you didn't know, it's time you know. I just want to say, I opened Instagram, and the first thing I saw was Stefan's kiddie pool. For his two dogs, followed by an ad for a knife. So I wasn't. Uh, yeah, uh, I just, okay.
1: like uh, I finally made use. I bought a ten dollar kiddie pool from Target. It was hot enough this weekend to uh, let my dogs try it out. Uh, they did not like it, um, but ten dollars it was worth the investment in some cute photos.
2: That's just a foot bath for you now, Stefan. You just keep your, you know, <laughs> keep yourself cool. I
1: mean, I'll sit in there. It gets hot sometimes.
2: Um, I got quick ones before we get into Umbrella Academy. Um, so I've been making bread. For a couple months now, I've been trying to make... I've been making sourdough for... Literally, literally. Yeah. Uh, What?
3: You're literally Literally. making bread. You're not trying to make... You're not making moves and cash out there. No, no. People to make sure... Little bread. bread. We're talking bacon. Bread. We're talking yeast starters, all that
2: shit. Exactly. He's not talking talking like a rapper. Yeah. So, I have finally achieved good sourdough bread. (laughs) Took me seven weeks. Uh, Shout out to my yeast. To my yeast. To my starter. His name is Carl. Carl's great. Okay? Just saying. Um turns 2 on third turns 2 months on Thursday. Anyway, shout out to a YouTube channel a guy named Joshua Weissman. Um really um he's kind of a he's kind of a dork, but he really lays it out for you, man. And uh, you know, it's, it's all, this is like this was hard. Like I don't get how bread doesn't cost like $3,000. This took me so long to achieve. So Shout out to his YouTube channel. It's great. If you want to learn how to bake bread, he also teaches you how to make, like, fast food but better. So he takes, like, the Baconator and says, I can do better. And he does that. Or, you know, I can make Chipotle better. And Mark's just sitting here like he can't. So that's not worth it. No. I, I love thing. i <laughs> like,
3: fast food. Well, yeah, you just buy better ingredients,
2: not too hard. You said Chipotle. Yeah, right, basically. Now we
3: got a challenge. Now we got a challenge.
2: I'll be honest with you, When he said he could do better Baconator, I'm like, man, the guys have had better burgers at my house. <laughs> I make them in 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, Joshua Weissman's channel, really great. And then uh, the other thing is, and this is just fun to do, um, Mike and I and our friend Phil uh, watched some old wrestling from Daily Uh made Mike watch Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin from WrestleMania 13, which is my favorite match ever, um, and I was going to make him watch the Iron Man match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, which is Stefan's favorite match ever, have not come across it yet, and also trying to convince him to watch a one-hour match, I think might be, you know. A bit of dedication. Change my, my on gonna... it. It's Cena Punk Chicago. That's Oh, uh, we were going we to watch that too, but Mike got drunk and then he left. Yep. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Cool. That's what we were watching and Mike left because cool. so he I, got
0: drunk. I started <laughs> watching about a minute of this boy video. Yo, that is a lot of dudes. That's too many dudes.
2: Yeah. Okay. I said this is going to be a short podcast. It's already an hour and, t- uh, and like 20 minutes in. All right. Umbrella Academy. We've all watched it. If you haven't seen it um, or, you know. You stop watching, you stop listening, I guess. Um season two finds us in the nineteen sixties because they had to be time traveled out of present day because Vanya blew up the fucking moon. Um overall impressions of the second season. I think I said last time we talked about it six or six out of ten, seven out of ten. Um, because I enjoyed it. Stefan feels differently. Um I didn't like the ending at all. Because it really, if you didn't see it, they just lean into the fact that we're going to go to season three. Just real fucking, you know, I don't need that kind of cliffhanger, man. And it just felt like a cliffhanger. I don't know. I didn't think it was well done overall. I didn't dig it at all. Steph, what'd you think?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Mark liked the cliffhanger from when we were chatting a little bit earlier. Let's hear some positive stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll say that you know, um, I I I actually
3: kind of agree with you, uh, Bob. Six seven is kind of the range. I, I feel this uh, you know, series this season falls in, and I think uh, some of it does. I mean, because we last week when we talked about it, me and Steph hadn't completed it. You had. Um, and you kind of, you asked, like, oh, let's see how you guys feel after the end of it. So I thought it might take a positive (laughs) turn at the end. It kind of did the opposite. You really, you really
1: led it into thinking, like, it, it, it gets better. It gets better. Uh, Well,
3: I know I didn't. You didn't really, he didn't really say that. It just, I think when people say, like, oh, I want to see your opinions when it ends usually that means like they stick i mean usually how i insinuate that is like oh it sticks the landing and it kind of usually i don't think like oh it, it gets because it. usually it's in tone you didn't have a tone where like you think it's not great now so like, no see what i
2: what i was trying to give off was these motherfuckers swing for fucking a pitch right now and whether you think they hit it or not it's <laughs> more coming yeah um, yeah so i mean what i would say like
3: the things i didn't like and like how it ended i mean it wasn't the cliffhanger because i i agree with you t- to an extent bob like i do get like Cliffhangers are kind of easy, but I also think they're really fucking fun, right? Because it's just like, here's something you want to see, right? And you're like, yeah, that sounds interesting. And then you don't get to see it forever. And that's what makes it, you know, kind of an effective versus for some people, ineffective cliffhanger. So I like, the cliffhanger is like they kind of go into like a different timeline where Ben is alive. And I was like, oh, that That part I was all up for. Well, and I like Ben why, a that's lot. What I'm saying. And then that's why I think having it end kind of like unspectacularly for me and then like, and they do a pivot and it's like, oh, this pivot's kind of interesting. It kind of made me more interested where it left me on kind of a down note cause a down note really for me and I'm, I don't remember any of the characters names really. So it's the new young female character that has all the powers at the end that I really didn't care for much at all. Cause it's just like, oh shit, you have everyone's, I mean, it's just so like, it's- She yeah, doesn't it have life.
0: all the powers. She is Peter Petrelli
3: from Heroes. I didn't see Heroes, so you got to give me more. Yeah, is this, I didn't is watch this Heroes more of a rogue either. thing where she's stealing the powers or learning the uh, powers? So Peter Petrelli's was just like this, guys, at
0: least in the first season. The, the first season of Heroes is the only good season you need to watch. But anyway, in the first season of Heroes, Peter Petrelli's powers were, if he came in contact or, you know, was around someone who had a particular power, he could mimic that power. Okay. That, yeah, it's it's like this person I that, will,
1: she's kirby all right that's what she is she's on, Kirby. on that note i will say a, a line of dialogue i did appreciate when they were talking about her it is one of them arbitrarily says well at least she can only use one of our powers at a time which another one says are we sure about that do we how, how do we know that and it's like i guess yeah i don't know i'm just guessing here and i'm like yeah I, I like that, that she said that because explaining it. we're just taking a guess well, yeah
2: because the guy said it and i'm like is that the rule Then i missed that part and then the guy's just like i don't know about the, guy, that. the guy's like <laughs> Are
1: you sure about
2: that? He was the viewer where
1: we're all like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciated that tongue-in-cheek moment. Um
2: to the story I, point,
1: first. I'm show just gonna say this kids, right now, but
2: real quick stuff. I feel like we should uh, need to look up who, that name of the actor who played five because we're about to heap a bunch of praise. The, the young kid. Um yeah.
1: he's, he's the strength of the show. Um he's the youngest actor on it, but he he definitely carries the weight of the show by Same. far in both seasons. Um But a show like this and a story like this. I think it's 20 to 30% what the actual plot and what happens. I think a show like this relies on the group dynamic. It relies on the chemistry of the cast. And it was okay in the first season, it had potential, and it absolutely falls flat in the second season for me. These characters have no fucking chemistry with each other. Um they all seem completely un unrelated to each other. I mean I I get that like biologically they're supposed to be, but like nothing flows luther's unrequited relationship towards allison like it doesn't seem it i mean, they never got a sense of a will they won't they it, it completes completely one-sided diego i i don't know what i'm supposed to feel about him is he supposed to is it is it played up for comedic value because it's not really funny is it am i supposed to feel sorry for him because it's not really played up for that it's the tone of the show is so inconsistent and it like it takes itself too serious and when it tries to be funny it's too stupid like there's a scene in like 7 or 8 where like ellen page's character is like i got to do this thing and they've all just waxed about how like okay this all fucked up because we neglected her we didn't take care of her and you know we we weren't we didn't weren't good siblings to her and then she's like i need your help and it was like no you're not important and half a second later, they're all like, now nah, we're coming with. Yeah, well, they didn't let that breathe at all. At a change of heart. <laughs> There's no conversation or scene. Everyone just changed their mind after completing shut you down for no reason. Like, that's what I mean. This show is so inconsistent in what it's trying to convey that I'm like, it's Simon has a bit
2: when he talks about pro wrestling, it's called stuff just happens. And that's how I feel about this show. Stuff just happens. They didn't need that. They didn't need them saying no at first. They could have been like, "Yeah, we got your back," and we all would have been like, "Wow, we would have." They didn't have to beat us ho- ho- over the head with the point. We know they would have grown if they just immediately been on board. You know Well, what I mean? it just didn't work. Like Stefan said, okay. like when it happens, you're like,
3: "Well, they wouldn't do that. They just all got together and they're like coming together like the team." Why were they not helper now? I mean, I, they they do justify like, "Oh, this other thing's more important. We can't help you do this thing." But it's like you guys literally just said the exact opposite. And then, like, you know, 20 seconds later, when you figure out, like, oh, that's just that thing they do when they, like, you don't think they're going to, you know, they think they're going to act one way. But, like, it pivoted the wrong way. And it just made you feel like, well, that was dumb. They sh-. And then when they do it, like, okay, yeah, that's what I thought should have happened. And it's happening now. So, I mean, Stefan, everything you said, I totally agree. And I think the, the – how we're unaligned is just, like – I think the show's kind of fun still. Like I, I, yeah, I had a good time, man. Saying. Like the characters, I agree. Like the characters don't have, and it's like the one character that's supposed to be really fun, the 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 uh, cult guy. Like he's like this flamboyant character that like everyone kind of like you as the viewer. I think you're supposed to like him the most. And like See, when I the did. other and when the other characters come out, they're like, oh, yeah, it's this guy. Like whatever. And it's just like, yeah, I I, I agree. Like they don't have the chemistry that the writing kind of makes it seem that they should. But like at the on the same time too like the first season does kind of have them be like well they are kind of a fucked up family and they were like mentally abused as kids and that's why they don't have that dynamic that the writing kind of makes it seem like they should have so it's almost like are they acting really well and there's like this nuanced storytelling telling telling where it's like they want to be that x-men avengers team you know when we're season three in and they're like really close but like you have to remember, these characters are all kind of fucked up. Their dad kind of fucked them up pretty bad as, like, turning them into superheroes, taking away them from their families and stuff, and they don't have that bond. But I agree with you, Stefan. I'm like, ultimately, if that's what they're trying to do, they're not really pulling it off. At the end of the day, for me, it's just like, oh, you know, I'm having some laughs. It's an interesting premise. They have fun powers and effects every now and then, and that's enough to get me to the next episode. But it's not like mm-hmm. – I, 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 took a, we, me and Christine took a break for, like, three days and then we jump back in, and neither of us were like, oh, yeah, let's get back in. Like I, I was, you know,
0: See, the key to the key come, come come
2: binging a show on Netflix is make bread, because you're sitting around a lot. Mike, what did you think, man? What's your thoughts here? Uh,
0: <laughs> I thought about a 6.5 to a 7 out of 10 is, uh, is apt. I didn't hate the cliffhanger as much as you guys. I don't think it was just, uh, you know, uh, ham-fisted in there. I thought there was some prelude towards it, because... I think people initially probably thought, oh, them going to meet uh, Reginald Hargreeves in the past is what gives him the idea for the Umbrella Academy. I think initially, I think is what people thought. But instead, I like the twist where it was like, no, 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 you going to see him in the past completely change what this man did in the future. You know like completely like you guys literally just caused
1: what this cliffhanger is and i think um that's a problem i had with it and like you know maybe it's just a writing choice but I, i said this to bob as i was watching it i'm like these characters seem to have no like hesitations or even consideration about changing the past
2: none of these people saw back to the future like, teams, basically but i was like thinking, i'm gonna none of you saw back to the future
1: like <laughs> I, and i said this I, I, with diego i'm like is this bad acting or bad writing it's like he's shocked that his mom in the past doesn't recognize this adopted son as a grown man from the future. And it's like, and then the Luther's like, I told dad I was from the future and he just rejected me. He's like, is that supposed to be a, a viable reason for your dad? Like, oh, you're from the future, son. Tell me more. Like, no one's reaction to anything made sense to
0: me. Well, think I think you got to think of it in this prism that with particularly with Diego and Luther. Um, Fucking morons first they're first they're not they don't seem to be very bright but then on top of that their maturity level was stunted by the fact of where they grew up you know reginald hargreaves just basically trained them outside of apparently learning greek um you know and And (laughs) russian like didn't really train them you know on how to be adults it was just how to be you know
3: B B rated superheroes. Yeah, you know how awkward school kids are. Well, think if they're ninja
1: school kids,
2: they're going to be really
1: weird social. Well, think one. No one's
2: going to school anymore, guys. In the COVID era, we're going to have but a bunch sure. of fucking. We got a bunch
1: of awkward ninjas now. <laughs> can, I, can I ask for you your take on uh, a very out of left field that thing this season presented? Um, when Reginald Hargraves unzips his head and he's an alien. Um, the fuck
2: was that? Oh, what oh, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, what 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 the the fuck was right that? No. I was <laughs> going to bring that up. What, what happened just there? Happened right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, Mike's gonna explain this. Well, <laughs> Since I can I, mean, I want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't.
0: <laughs> I haven't read Hotel Oblivion yet, which is the uh, third series that just uh, wrapped up last year. Um, but I read online that people who had read the comic were waiting for this moment. So I guess that was something that was revealed in the uh, third book series.
2: Um, this is I was because I was sober watching this show. Man, this was a mistake. That's what it was. I, I honestly, <laughs> I, like,
3: I like this mic because, like, when I watched this show, for me, it was completely surface level. Like, and at points, I wasn't even like fully paying attention. So, like, yeah. I definitely missed some of this stuff. So, like, you're like, okay,
2: there was some explanation I just missed, which I kind yeah. of, yeah, brought, I thought I missed it. I'm it, like, did I like
3: explanation?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not willing to rewind to figure out where. But I'm like, I think I, I mean missed that something thing here. was
3: just fucking, and I was like, what the? Fuck? And I think, I think those are, and that ultimately, that's what it comes down to is like whether there's deeper narrative going on um or not the context of like, just what the show was like did not hint to that enough to get me like invested enough it was not produced well enough to want me to look at those tethers. Like Stefan said, it just there's just certain things that just don't work super well at the show. But at the same time, as I said that like I did watch the whole thing. And if I don't enjoy a show, I will not keep watching it. Right. So like I have to to some degree, like I enjoy the show. And season three, if they do another one, I was like, I'll probably watch it again. The problem will be Mike, just like with this season, Bobby's gonna mention it two months before be like, the fuck happened in season one yeah, and two? Because I the barely recap remember is really what key, happened. Man. Yeah, and, and I'm just gonna be like, whatever. And I'll, I'll watch it, and then they'll have some jazzy song they dance to. That's really fun. I'll be like, oh, this is a fun show. They got cool powers, whatever. And you know, hopefully, season three will be better because I didn't make any of those. Honestly, Mike, I think I I thought they did like a time timeline jump or something I didn't think that was like oh they altered the future which is the thing I should have thought of I was just like Ben's alive different timeline Rick and Morty taught me not to think any further than that so that's kind of interesting and you know like at the end of the day I
2: kind of like the show it wasn't bad I honestly this is a weird thing to point out at but like when a show has a cliffhanger I like the cliffhanger I'm okay with a cliffhanger but I also want a sense of finality on some level like at the end of season one sure they blew up the fucking moon. All right, and they, like, were warping themselves out of there. But I got, like, a sense of, like, we're done here. Like, we put a button on this shit. Like, we know what, like, we know where we're at here, basically. We got enough accomplished here. We're in the event this show doesn't exist next season, which we don't know. It might not. I'm not sitting here like the fuck happened. Like, if it ended at the end of season one, I'm like, okay, they blew up the moon. They went somewhere. Okay, I could take it or leave it. Now I'm just like, if they, if we don't come back, I'm like, what the fuck was the point of the second season? What are we, what, what, there's an alien, you know, there's a, there's Ben's back, there's sparrows. Like, there's too much. Again, that's just me, the way I feel about cliffhangers, all right? I don't want to have to come back if I don't need to. It's <laughs> basically what I'm getting at. Um, shout out to, um, now I closed the fucking kids, I had it open, now I closed, Aiden, Aiden Gallagher, man. Plays five. Uh plays number five. Um Good kid's a good actor. And you know it too because he's been nominated for two kids' choice awards for being on Nickelodeon. So you know he's bringing the goods.
1: Is that when you uh, <laughs> your award is a big surfboard?
2: No, I think that's I think that's teen choice awards. I think I think Is I think a think kid, that I think that's, this that's, is the popcorn trophy? That's MTV. I think I think I think, I think it's the blimp. This is the orange blimp from Nickelodeon. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think what's fucked
3: up is he probably didn't get slimed, and that needs to come back. He didn't win. Okay, never. Okay, mind. he got <laughs> nominated. He didn't. He
2: was on some show called Nikki, Ricky, Dicky, and Dom.
3: Okay. well, good. He
2: should have <laughs> won. That show should be canceled. <laughs> well, he he played Nikki. He played the title character of Nikki. First one on the call sheet, boys. All right, that's good. Um, but yeah, man, the guy doesn't have a lot of credits under his name. 16 years old, he was very good. He was the best part of season one, along with the uh monkey butler. Um I thought he I, dude he was missing in this one. And I I honestly the part in the third season I'm excited for is I want to hear I like the dad. I like that character. He is such a um, man. I, I, I like a crotchety old man, you know, it's like a, a fucked up Professor X. Alright? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, in there's, thing.
1: That's why I get through a show like this. There's moments of potential, right? I like Ben's funeral scene, where he uses the eulogy to chastise the fuck out of all of them. Like That was great. That's <laughs> a character-building moment, um, and that's what I feel is lacking for a lot of characters. Fucking Dickon, aka Luther, uh that's why he only had two lines in Game of Thrones. We don't want this man talking, because it don't sound too good when he does. Um, and I like Ellen Page, you know, um,
2: I feel like they just felt like they needed to give her something in this season. Oh, um, the lesbian shit? Because I felt like it did not, like, it, it was fine. But I, the whole time I'm like, w- did she have a boyfriend last season and now she's gay? Sure. Okay, whatever. Bye, <laughs> Bobby. It's a spectrum. I um, know, but like, I was just sitting there like, this seems like and
1: we might as well. I'm also going to be harsh, but the, um, I thought the autism acting child was a bad actor as well. Um, look, child acting is tough um when they're good they're good and when they're bad they stick out like an eyesore that kid stuck out like an eyesore for me did the husband did the husband's heel
0: turn sorry sorry bobby but Steph, what if that kid actually is an autistic actor and you're out here saying he's a shitty actor
2: he was trying to play the kid from uh he was trying to be like the kid from uh looper that's what he was just trying to do well i mean that's cool if he got
1: work but um i would want i would believe he wants to be judged on his craft and not given a participation award, uh, Mike. Um, Bob, I wasn't surprised because I don't know the name of that actor. He is a bad guy in everything. Uh he has the face of a villain. It was fully expected the heel turn by the husband.
2: Yeah, but the Ned. heel turn happened after Ellen Page was about to fuck his wife. Like I thought like it like earned- I was already at like it was like they're like, Oh, we gotta make a bad guy out of this. If not our, our you know, our good guy looks like a real pain and real a real dick in this man. <laughs> like i thought it was just like uh, he doesn't he just doesn't seem that bad of a guy here
1: man i don't know like <laughs> yeah he's not a bad guy you know he gives his plea of like hey i did everything a husband's supposed to i mean then he
2: becomes a horrible person I mean, later it on but like,
3: really easy they probably didn't even want to steal in these wars like it's the 1960s just make him beat his wife like every husband was anyways right and then he's like okay well, that guy's bad who gives a fuck what happens well there? do you know what
2: i do you know what was really fucking stupid in the show was when they were doing the sit-in at the diner yeah. and the dialogue from the crowd was terrible i mean because it was like you get a pg-13
1: show there's
2: like get get out of here don't you understand you you don't belong here and i'm just like this is like harry and the henderson's dialogue they they really (laughs)
0: want to say the n-word
2: that's what i was saying i'm like somebody say the n-word that's what the whole point of this is right now man you think like if it were just like they were just polite, like kind of rudely telling them to leave like these white people just seem frustrated you shouldn't touch these topics if you're not going to go all the way. Um, do you think? Do you think that like they saw what happened in the country and they're like, "Fuck, man, we just fell back ass backwards into some shit here"? Because they filmed this like a year ago. I mean, but that's the
1: sad truth, uh, Bobby. Uh, it's always going to be relevant. Um, every everything that happened in the civil rights movement is relevant several decades later. Well, so, what did the, uh, there was never, what did the, never uh, a
2: right time to do that. What did uh, the what's her name's husband in the show? Um, he was good too. Uh let us see if I can find his name um the the girl who yeah. whispers husband the activist leader guy. I can't remember yeah I, I want to find the actor's name because I thought he was really good, but uh he's the only one who had a reasonable
1: response to anything out of all the characters, yeah. like his response to seeing super powered shit happen around him and like his confusion at everything I'm like. Here's someone acting appropriately.
3: That and the abuse of the power immediately after. Because, like, that's the most human thing to do. Like, oh, you have the power to... And it wasn't even, like, necessarily his idea. But it's just like, yeah, I want to fucking abuse this the first time. You can can
1: influence people by talking to them. Um, We could do stuff for the movement. Uh, We could actually use that in some Uh. way. Also, to go back to uh, Harlan, who
0: is the autistic kid who uh, who Stefan flamed a few minutes ago. Defend the child, ter- Mike. Defend yeah, the child. Terrible. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to defend. I'm just going to state some facts. Um, I looked up, is he autistic? Nothing. Oh, came no. <laughs>
2: Thank God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was, it, was that your Hail
2: Mary, Mike? That was your Hail Mary? Well, after, after Mike Mary... gave a shout out to fucking Dakashi 69 earlier, Mike's like, I got to bring somebody down in the gutter with me. Um, but
0: uh, uh, apparently this kid is the current voice actor for Chase in the Paw Patrol. So there you go.
2: I, mean, okay, I don't know what these things are, him. Mike. Right, Paw Patrol, I bought that for my little cousin. This, okay. It's little animal who. Are they dogs who are dressed like firefighters? And Correct. Cops? You've seen, like it. I've seen. Yeah, uh, that's animals it. that was it. it. <laughs> you nailed it. There you go, Stefan. You fucking there nailed it, is. it. There's books. There's everything. They're just printing. They're just selling, you know, making money hand over fist with merch. For some reason, um,
0: they always arrest the Dobermans. Mm. What's up with that? <laughs> Not cool.
2: <laughs> I can't find the actor's name who played the husband of the whisper later, who, oh, of Allison. Actually, I realize her name now. Anyway, this has been a long show. I overall, Umbrella Academy. I thought the fir- I liked the first season more than the second season, but the second season didn't make me not want to watch a third season. Stefan, you're the one who probably felt the worst about it. Are you willing to watch a third season, Bobby? It's the times of COVID. I will watch everything. There is yeah, nothing I- is off
1: limits
0: to Ooh, watching. You guys um, should watch Indian Matchmaker if you're going to watch anything. That You're look-
2: the second person to tell me to watch Indian Matchmaker.
1: Let's I will just- say reality TV is my least favorite form of entertainment. Um. So if there's anything I yeah. do resist, I will watch all
2: the scripted stuff I can before I watch that. I would watch Tough Enough if they brought it back and Stone Cold was the host. I will watch Stone Cold do anything. Let's just put that out there right now on Front Street.
1: I would watch uh, Stone Cold's Broken Skull Challenge if it didn't somehow bec- the CMC Country Music Channel didn't somehow become a premium sports channel because of that one program um, that I cannot get access to without paying extra.
2: Yeah. Alright guys, um, we'll be back next week um, I think there's a UFC card every fucking week until I'm 40 years old um, I'm right Okay, next week there's somehow Okay, some of these fu- these fights should have been on the pay-per-view uh, Pedro Munoz, Frankie Edgar Yoel Romero, Uriah Hall Angela Hill, Michelle Watterson Is this all the- Pay-per-view didn't need any of these? None of them, huh? We couldn't get Frankie on there Would have been nice Would have been nice um all right guys um well I was Dr Law that was Kid Presentable that was Lavender Gooms and that was DJ Mark see y'all next week peace out see ya cheers